Welcome to the Anchored in Truth podcast. Anchored in Truth is an online ministry of Safe Harbor Baptist in Georgetown, Kentucky. Visit us online at safeharborbaptist.org. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 1. In John chapter 1, we're going to read from verses 6 through 14 uh, together as our sermon passage for the day. And this is God's Word. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was created through him, and yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent or the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed his glory, the glory as the one and only Son from the Father full of grace and truth. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we give you praise on this Christmas Eve as we consider what you have done in sending your Son to this world. The true hope, the true light of this world has come into this world so that we might see, we might see you and love you as we look on Jesus. Lord, we know that you are the hope of the world. And left to ourselves, there is no hope. There is no life. There is no light. But you sent your son, born as a baby, to bring your hope and your light and your life to us. We pray, Father, today for those who may feel like there's not light in their lives, that there's darkness all around them, there's hard things that are going on, some at Christmas time really face difficult things. Some of in our church family even who are unable to attend for various reasons. Those who have lost loved ones recently. Those who are struggling in financial need. Those who have other areas in their life that just seem hopeless. Lord, I pray that they would find their hope in the good news of Jesus who has come. We thank you that we all can have this hope. Lord, we pray for the other churches around this city and county, around the nation and world, as they gather on this day to uh, remember the incarnation, the coming of Jesus to this earth, that you might do a work among your people in drawing people from outside of the church to yourself so that people may truly come to see and know who you are and worship you. Lord, we do pray for the, the international missionaries as we are taking up the Lottie Moon Christmas offering this month and supporting international missions around the world. There's thousands of missionaries that we support who are maybe worshiping you alone on this Christmas. And we pray that you would encourage and strengthen them as they serve you. Lord, we now ask that you would just bless the rest of our time together as we hear from your word that we might see and know you more clearly. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen. 
You all may be seated. And let me say, if it looks like I'm keeping my distance from you, I am. <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean about it, but I've been under the weather this week, and so I don't want to give you all an extra special early Christmas gift. Uh, so you can thank me later. But uh, I am glad to be here because a couple days ago I wasn't so sure I would be. Um, but it's good to be here worshiping with uh, my church family on this Lord's Day. <clears throat> you know, at, at Christmas time, uh, people, and not just at Christmas time, birthdays and other things as well, but at Christmas time, people receive gifts in different ways, don't they? Different families have different ways of, of doing things. Some families, uh, and, and maybe this is you, uh, when it's time to open the gifts, everybody just kind of bull rushes the, the Christmas tree and everybody just starts ripping into the, the gifts and opening this chaos, mass pandemonium, and then you're done five minutes later. Or if you grew up like me as a kid, uh, we sat down in a very orderly fashion, right? And, and we had an, a designated person who first would then pass out the stockings one by one and Everybody would watch every single thing that comes out, right? And then you'd pass out the gifts one by one so you could see what everybody got. And you could rejoice with them. And it took half the day uh, to do that. Uh, and then don't forget about the thank yous, right? For some families, a simple verbal thank you right after you open the gift is sufficient. For others, you better have your pen and pencil ready because you're going to be writing down everything Everybody got you. And then you're going to write a thank you note, and you're going to list off all 10 things uh, that you got from that person and, and then send the, the letter in the mail, right? And so you thought giving and receiving gifts was simple, right? Well, today, we are going to take a look at another kind of how we receive, another example, another calling of what God wants us to do in receiving from him. You know, earlier we sang the song, Joy to the World, and a line in that song says, let earth receive her king. Well, I don't know if you've ever really stopped to think about what that means, but here in John 1, we get a picture of what it means in how God calls us to respond to Jesus' birth by receiving him. Respond to Jesus' birth by receiving him. You know, John's gospel is a little different than the other gospels uh, in how it tells the Christmas story. We read from the gospel of Luke earlier, and in that, in that account, we saw what we think of at Christmas time. We saw the angels and the shepherds and the baby in the manger. But John is not so much about the details of what Jesus' birth looked like, but what Jesus' birth meant, why it was vastly important. And so Jesus came that we might believe and receive what he came to give us. And so what we see in John 1 is three things that I believe God wants us to consider about what Jesus offers to you and I today, and what he wants us to receive from him. All right? So first, we see that, that God wants us to receive the light that Jesus brings. The passage today starts actually not with Jesus, but 
with a man named John. And so that's where we're going to start in verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now this John, there are several Johns in the Bible, and sometimes you can get a little confusing. It can get a little confusing. But this John is not the Apostle John, not the disciple. It's John the Baptist. And if you know anything about John the Baptist, he was a man who was kind of crazy. He wandered in the wilderness. He wore camel's hair and ate locusts and honey. Uh, and so this man, John, was sent into the world, but he had a purpose. He had a goal. And why did God send him? Verse 7, he came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. You know, the goal of John the Baptist, his life's purpose, his life's mission was to testify about somebody else, was to point to somebody who was greater than him so that other people might believe in that guy. And that's really, if you think about it, the goal or should be the goal for every single one of us who say we are Christians, that our life's purpose, our life's goal would be to point to one who is greater than us, who came for us. We are called to be witnesses to the one that we have come to see and know so that others might believe in him. And so we see how, how John goes about this, and we see this idea of light brought to mind in verse 8. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And it's interesting, it doesn't say that he wasn't the Savior, he wasn't Jesus, but he came to testify about the light. Why use the light? Well, all right, kids in the room, we have kids up upstairs with us this morning. When you think about light, what do you think of? <coughs> do you think of the sun? Do you think of the VBS song, Light of the World? Everybody's, song, everybody's heads are going to be singing that the rest of the day now. Light, 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 light of the world. All right. You know, before Jesus, uh, the world was described as being in darkness. That's kind of a, a hard way to think about the world. Uh, but Isaiah 9 2, the, the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament said this People walking in darkness have seen a great light. You know, darkness is often associated with hard things, sad things, uncertain things, dangerous things. Who wants to live in the dark all the time? Before Jesus came, that's what life was like for God's people. No, who God was, life seemed dangerous and uncertain in this world, and they didn't really know what life was supposed to be like or where it was supposed to go. But Jesus came as a light in order to show people how to live and how to live with God. Now imagine today being in a dark room. Kids, if you're in a dark room, what do you try to do? You don't know how to uh, go anywhere. What do, what's the first thing you do? 
You try to find the light switch, right, and turn on the light so you know where to go. And then the light comes on and boom, everything's better. You know, it's kind of that way when we think about Jesus in our lives, when he comes into our lives. Life is full of darkness apart from knowing God and knowing he's with us and knowing who God is. Life has troubles and challenges. And uh, maybe some of us today are, are wrestling with that. Are facing darkness in some way, a hopeless situation, some way you've been hurt, a deep, a deep hurt in your life, a loss. You know, apart from Jesus, life can often seem dark. But Christmas and the incarnation of Jesus reminds us that Jesus came so that we don't have to stay in the dark. We don't have to live there as if there's no hope. There is a light that has come in the darkness. And that light can overshadow and overpower the darkness around us. And the only way we can have this light is not by flipping on a light switch, but through something called faith, through receiving the light. You have to believe that Jesus is God's son, that he is the light of the world in the darkness that you see and face, and be willing to come and follow this light. And so we see first, the coming of Jesus means we need to receive the light of Jesus. And then secondly, we're called to receive not only the light, but the identity that Jesus brings. Let me ask you, how do you see yourself? How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as pretty important or unimportant? Do you see yourself as popular and accepted or unpopular? rejected? Do you see yourself as talented or smart or just kind of average? You know, when Jesus came into the world, people saw him wrongly. They didn't understand who he really was. And might it be that we might be seeing ourselves wrongly? Look at verse 10. He was in the world. Jesus was in the world, and the world was created through him, and yet the world did not recognize him. And so the Gospel of John kind of has two categories of people in the world, right? You have, first of all, the category of people who believe, people who follow Jesus. The other category is called the world. And what what John means by the world is really people who aren't believing, people who are living opposed to God in some way in their life, right? And so this world, Jesus came into this world full of people who are opposed to God. And you know, that's what the Bible says we all are apart from Jesus in our lives. We are all living life opposed to God. That's how we're born. That's how we live growing up. We may not like to admit that. We might not think that. But Jesus comes into a world full of people who are living life apart from him, opposed to him even. And it says that these people were seeking, essentially, because they were opposed to him, to find their identity 
in something apart from their God. They didn't even recognize their own creator or who he made them to be. That's what, they, that's what happened when John says that Jesus came into the world and they didn't even recognize him. You know, one of our greatest problems today as people is not knowing who we are, who God made us to be. Even those of us who do know who we are and who God made us to be often live forgetting that. Our eyes so quickly move to something different, and we lose sight of how God wants us to respond to situations because of who he's made us to be. How God wants us to relate to others because of who he's made us to be. No, we get, fo- we get focused on other things that we think we need to be. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you feel like you are searching in some way in your life. You're searching for something to give your life more meaning or purpose. <clears throat> or maybe you've already given yourself to a particular purpose or life mission or goal. This reminds us, this passage reminds us, if that's you and you are looking for any identity or purpose or meaning apart from the God who made you, you're, you're looking in the wrong place. You're looking for something that won't last. Your identity is tied up in something of this world, and the Bible tells us this world is passing away. It's temporary. But know this today, that identity will leave you empty if that's what you're living for. But like the world that didn't recognize Jesus and rejected him, we will have to answer for trying to find our identity identity in anything apart from him. But the good news is that Jesus came to show us the truth, the hope, the way, the true identity of who God made us to be no matter what anyone else does or thinks about us. Verse 11, he came to his own, and his own people did not receive him, but to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God. What is the new identity that Jesus came to give you? To be a child of God. In him. Now, some people, you may have heard this, some people think, well, all people are children of God, right? Uh, maybe you've heard that. And we sing, I've heard Christmas songs that, you know, kind of highlights that. You know, according to the Bible, that is actually not true. I don't know if you realize that or not. It is true that we are all created by God, we are all loved by God as his creation, as his image bearers. But to be called a child of God in the Bible means that we are in his spiritual family. That we have been brought into his family. It's an identity that is reserved for followers of Jesus. Now, how does that happen? How do we become a child of God? Well, it happens through belief in the one who came. Verse 12, let's read that again. To all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God to those who believe in his name. This is amazing. Uh, uh, This one sentence 
is amazing. If, if, we're not, if we don't read this and we don't think, God would do this for me, this is good news. This is what we've been waiting for. People who were not children of God can now become children of God. And it's simply through believing and receiving Jesus for who he is, for, the son, for, for being the Son of God, born as a man, to take on the sins of the world and to rise from the dead. If we believe and receive all that, God makes us his children. And our identity is radically changed. We become tied to our God. We identify ourselves with him more than anything else in this world. We live for him more than anything else in this world. We want to praise him more than receive praise from anyone else in this world. And we want to bring him glory. And another amazing thing about how this happens in verse 13 says that we are born not of our will. It's not natural to us, but we are born of God. God is the one who moves and calls and enables us to believe. And he gives new birth, making people who are not his children his children. God does it all. How is it that those who are blind and those who are in darkness believe and find the light? God puts it there, right in front of us. It's like being in a dark room and God puts the light switch right in front of us. And all we have to do is believe it and turn it on by faith. And God did it all. They are born of God, it says. Faith begins, listen, when spiritual life that God gives comes to us. A lot of people think that we get spiritual life when we have faith. But the Bible actually says, no, God gives us spiritual life so that we might have faith. God is the one who enables us, to, and he is the one who gets all praise and glory because of it. If you are a Christian, you don't get praise for that. God gets praise for it because he has done that in your life, which means he's worthy of your life. When you first came into the world, think about it this way. Your first breath was not the cause of your life. Right, You already had life. God created you. God gave you life before you took your first breath. But your first breath was evidence of your life. Well, that's kind of like the way it is with faith. When we exercise faith, it's a sign, a showing that, that God has given us salvation and spiritual life. This is God's love and compassion for us. And it's his grace to all who believe. This is the gift of Christmas. This is the true gift of the baby in the manger, that God would put salvation in front of us. And this means also that you don't have to try to earn your way into God's family. Maybe you've been living your life trying to earn your way to God, trying to do enough good things for people, trying to make up for the bad things you did when you were younger or that you did yesterday, right? But here we're reminded, no, being a part of God's family is not about what we do to earn it. 
It's a gift from him, the greatest gift. And all we have to do is respond by receiving it and believing. But understand this. Receiving and believing this gift from Jesus means that you have to believe everything about Jesus. Everything Jesus says. And not just pick and choose what you like or what you want to believe or what you agree with. No, it means you're going to align what you agree with with what Jesus says. And it also means you have to receive everything from Jesus. Everything he calls you to do you receive as his good instruction for your life, even if people around you don't like it, even if the world looks down on it. Jesus calls you to believe and receive all things from him. That's true faith. And it means that you can't keep living your life in certain ways, ignoring what God says in certain areas of your life. You have to receive all things from him. So believing and receiving, to be clear, means Jesus is Lord of all. All. And this is the identity he gives. So know this, what matters in life, what should be important, is not what others think about you. What matters, what's important, is what God thinks about you. And if you're a part of his family. That's the only identity that will last eternally. Whether or not you are called a child of God or an enemy of God. And God puts that before us, even now in his coming to this earth, as we consider that. So we receive the light of Jesus. We receive the identity of Jesus. Third, we receive the understanding that Jesus gives and brings. Let me ask you a question. What do you know about God? What do you know about God? And how do you know those things? Well, ultimately, what we know about God, we've heard from his word, right? What he has told us. And he didn't just tell us, though, he showed us. That's why I think John uses the word to be a reference to Jesus, Because a lot of times when we think about words, we think of something that's spoken or something that's written. But God calls Jesus the word because he is another way that God has communicated who he is to us. Jesus is the word of God where God speaks to us through the life of Jesus, the son of God who became a man. And so we see uh, that's what the birth of Jesus teaches us, that, God, that Jesus came to show us God. Verse 14 says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So God came and lived with his people and showed, him, showed them who he was. Verse 14 continues, We observed his glory, the glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus came so that we might understand God, but not only that, the glory of God, the the greatness and the beauty and the fullness of who God is in a greater way. And how is that glory of God described here through Jesus? Full of grace and truth. 
So when you think about, well, what do I know about God? When you look at Jesus, you can know about God's grace and God's truth, according to John here. And what does it mean to know about God's grace? Well, Jesus shows us God's grace and how he could come to sinful people like us and save us and forgive us and give us eternal life that we don't deserve. Jesus shows us that grace and the glory of God in his grace. Jesus shows us God's truth, what a perfect godly life looks like. Did you know that Jesus never did anything wrong? Jesus never sinned. If you want to know what it looks like to live a perfect life, look at Jesus. But not only that, Jesus shows us that's God's standard for our life and how we fall short of that standard because we do sin. And yet, Jesus comes and lives this perfect life and offers to live it in our place when we receive him. So that God, when he looks at us, he doesn't look at our life. He looks at the one that we put our hope in because we failed. Jesus shows us grace and truth and the glory of God. You know, this reminds us, there is nothing more important in this life than knowing God. Not just knowing about God, but knowing God personally. And you can know this God. You can have the understanding about him, but know him intimately and every day by receiving Jesus into your life. So when you sing joy to the world and you come to the line, let earth receive her king, consider what that means. What does it mean to receive our king? It means, first of all, yeah, we believe it happened, but we receive all that he brings through faith. To all who received him, to all who received Jesus, he gives the right to become a child of God. And that's special. That's a special identity. A child of God, valued, loved, made a part of his family. A new family, a, a new light in the dark of your life, a new identity that never fades or passes with the, the winds of time or the ideas of people a new understanding of God? Have you received him? Have you received this king, Jesus? Are you living as a child of God? Are you living as a child of this world? Are you living as a child of God, though, with great assurance and great hope and great purpose? Jesus has come. Let us receive him as our king and follow him. Let's pray together. Father, we just thank you for your word and the hope that we have in Jesus. That you have sent him to us, that we might receive him and the great gift you offer us in him. Lord, help us to see the beauty of this gift today and to welcome it into our lives. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.